Hello, this is Syed Balki. I'm the founder of WPBeginner.com, and I'm on the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. The App Guy Podcast. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Yes, welcome to another episode of the App Guy Podcast. I am your host, I'm Paul Kemp, and uh, I have a real pleasurable job here because I get to speak to some of the world's best uh, app developers, authors, uh, entrepreneurs, very interesting people uh, that are located uh, all around the world. And so today is no exception. Uh, Let me introduce our guest who is uh, calling in from New York. Uh, His name is Ryan Battles. And uh, the interesting thing uh, that I'm looking forward to today is that uh, maybe you're um, thinking about getting into app development. Uh, You're currently listening to this podcast whilst driving to work. And you uh, are thinking maybe of working for a startup or working for a corporation. Well, there's another option for you, and Ryan's going to get into that, and that is um, starting apps as a side project and and working on some really big apps that you could do um, in your spare time and at the weekends and and almost dip your toe in that way rather than, uh, you know, quit your job. So um, I just want to introduce Ryan Battles. Let me uh, say that um, he's got a really fascinating career. Uh, He has um, been a teacher. He's worked for um, his own freelance studio. He's done projects for Google and uh, he's even uh, worked uh, for a presidential campaign and currently he's at the startup crush path but he's here to talk about his app harpoon and it's a financial planning app so ryan welcome to the app guy podcast we're thrilled that you can join us today thanks for having me paul so tell us um that was just a brief introduction perhaps you can fill that up and uh, tell us a little bit more about uh, how you uh, got into uh, app development and uh, started working for this startup and, and almost started on these side projects uh, the, the one in particular that's called harpoon perhaps you can tell us about yeah that. yeah sure yes uh so i started freelancing and um you mentioned i was a teacher and i was a teacher for a little while and you know, teaching the students how to design web pages and uh, program, uh, they, they all didn't share my same enthusiasm. So after a while, uh, I was like, you know, I, I kind of want to go out and do this on my own. So I was a freelancer for five years. And during that time, you know, I started off working for uh, my uncles, my, uh, you know, neighbors, local businesses. But, you know, as happens, it continued to grow as uh, my portfolio grew, and and towards the end there, I was working for some pretty big clients, and it was exciting. But you know, at the time, I was, my my income was was solely based on how many hours I put into the day. Uh, so if I wasn't working, I wasn't making any money. So uh, in I was inspired by what a few other people were doing uh, in writing about as far as owning a product, and that was something I always wanted to get into. Uh, the opportunity came for me to join a San Francisco-based startup uh, that's venture capital-backed called Crush Path. And um, when I had that opportunity, I thought, okay, here's my chance to break into, you know, having some equity in a, you know, as an early employee of a company. And the connections that we have with Crush Path were were really exciting to me. So uh, for the last two years, I've been working with them as the lead front-end developer. 
Um, but during that time, I, I did kind of miss some of the aspects of freelancing, and that's you know kind of having control over a project, um, taking some ownership. And so on the side, a friend of mine who also works here with me at Crush Path with the blessing of our, our um, employer have been working on some apps in the side. Um, you mentioned uh, Harpoon, and that's the one that we will be launching this month. It's a web app for freelancers to track their finances, um, fi- set up financial goals, and have invoicing and time tracking built in. So uh, that's been great. Um, we've been able to spend our evenings and weekends you know, working on marketing strategies and um, reading and tweaking the things that we've been doing. We have had to hire an outside developer just to keep the thing moving while we hold down our day jobs. That's fascinating. And, you know, for anyone listening who uh, goes home and says, we just don't have enough time to uh, write our own app or launch our own app or uh, get involved, then, you know, listen to, listening to your story uh, really does help inspire us to uh, actually think twice. And, and if you've got time uh, doing all the things that you've, you're doing, then uh, I'm sure that uh, everyone has time to do uh, these things that are important to us. What's it like, uh, actually, um, working on your own apps and, and perhaps you could talk us through more specifically what it's like to outsource that work to another developer uh, given that you're uh, an app developer how's it how is it working with other uh, app developers on this project well yeah i think that was definitely a scary leap um i built the first version of harpoon kind of the early prototype uh in laravel php and uh, it was fun. I, I was learning that new language while I was building it because here at Crush Path we are a rail shop, so it was kind of nice to stretch my myself into a new area. But uh, that was very time consuming. And when we got some early feedback and realized some of the new directions we needed to take the product before our major launch, we realized, yeah, we could not. There's no way I can continue working the same amount of late hours and and nights and and uh, weekends that I had been. I have four children at home, so. It's uh, it was a sacrifice and a big push. Yeah, no, I was I was going to say that. Um, well, first of all, uh, this is being recorded uh, in April, but uh, it will go out in May. So uh, the episode being fifty nine. So if you're listening now, please go go ahead and and download the Harpoon. It should be launched and and, and they're in the App Store. Um, how did you get inspiration for the idea of Harpoon? What pain points were you trying to solve? How did you get the idea? Um, well, as a freelancer, uh, my co-founder and I, we were both freelancers, and um, we had used a lot of the financial or the um, invoicing apps out there. I think we both used FreshBooks, and at one time I used um, Harvest. And they're great tools, but the one thing that they were missing is kind of this overview of you know, when, when you have money coming in, um, when you're busy with certain projects. There was just kind of a missing piece of letting us know the overall health of our business. And with those tools, you, you can go in and generate certain reports, um, you know, kind of buried within their system. But we wanted to build an app that first and foremost started with how busy you were and what how your income flow is doing based off of a goal. So uh, when you first set up with Harpoon, you know, our, our big thing is trying to get you to set a goal. And then we give you all kinds of widgets and um, graphs and stuff showing you how you're doing on that. Uh, so basically trying to empower the freelancer to be more proactive with their income instead of just saying, you know, I hope to make as much as I can, uh, kind of setting a plan and, and tracking along that. 
So that was a pain point we experienced as freelancers. So we wanted to build a tool to kind of help alleviate that issue. You know, it's quite interesting uh, having a discussion on financial planning apps because we've had some past guests that have done really well with financial planning. I'm thinking in particular we had Jesse Meekham from youneedabudget.com who uh, created the website and then alongside that created an app that was for sale for $10, which um, was part of the subscription. Uh, clearly that, that was a desire. There's a lot of people downloading that. People have a desire to uh, plan, financially plan. And uh, we also had a guest called uh, Chris Miles, who um, runs a, a website called uh, uh, Money Ripples. And uh, he was talking about Mint.com and uh, the huge success that Mint.com has, uh, has been. Financial planning, it must be quite competitive to get into that market as an app. Um, perhaps you could tell us how you think about launching and uh, what sort of, do you have beta testers initially or are you going straight to the market? Yeah, yeah, great question. Um, you know, you mentioned you need a budget and Mint, both great products. And um, I, if I'm not sure, I haven't used you need a budget, but I've used Mint. And um, I mean, those are great kind of personal budgeting tools. The kind of the spin we're taking with Harpoon is we're really just helping you budget your business's goals and finances. So you know, you would still use something like Mint or you need a budget for your own. Um, personal, you know, expenses that you have. And, uh, you know, essentially our goal is to try to get freelancers to think of their business more like a business, if that makes sense. Because um, a lot of times, you know, it's, it, I, I know I personally have seen it as a hobby I get paid for uh, and, and things like that. So try to like stepping outside of the actual technical aspects of being a freelancer and actually putting on your business hat. Uh, so yeah, we do have some challenges far as uh, getting our message across and you know it, online invoicing is definitely a, a space with a lot of competitors so we're hoping that the financial planning focus is something that will set us apart and uh, yeah like I said we built the tool to kind of solve a need that we weren't um, seeing met with the other tools that were out there so uh, you know more feedback will will let us know if our hunch was correct so I love connecting the dots on this show because uh, we had a, a guest called David McKean who is an American working in Bali with his family and he does uh, tax planning and uh, helps expats, particular American expats, uh, really deal with their uh, tax burden because even though you uh, are living abroad, you uh, unfortunately have to incur tax as an American citizen even though you may not be in the country. Um, what he was screaming out for was an, a, an ability to um, record invoices and all these little petty cash expenses and invoices that he uh, has to go through, all, all the paperwork. Does the, the app uh, contain elements of, um, uh, I guess, budgeting and, and putting into um, some kind of folder all the expenses that we incur in our business? Um, yeah, right now our... The expenses, the expenses part is is one of the one of the aspects of the app that we're kind of putting off for uh, you know a few more few more months down the road. Uh, right now, we're really working on the minimum viable product uh, just to get it out. You know, we're big believers in kind of the thirty seven signals philosophy of launch as soon as you can, get feedback, and continue to refine. So, uh, yeah, expenses is the one area that we've kind of put off uh, as we kind of perfect the 
the invoice aspect of it as well as the you know tracking towards your goal so that's definitely something we're keeping our eye on and and one of the key aspects of feedback that we're going to be seeking out for our early users well i know that he's got a lot of uh, requests <laughs> so <laughs> probably in, in enough requests to keep you busy for another year uh, the uh, <laughs> uh, so i'm sure he'd uh, he'd offer himself as a beta tester for you and uh, is it is it uh, an app that's going to be available worldwide or are you sticking with the u.s market um, our intention is for it to be international. We have uh, multiple currencies that we support. Uh, we're, right now we're working with an international developer to try to figure out what all the ramifications are um, other than simply changing the currency symbol within the app of, of you know how that would work. And I know as Americans, we don't often bill out other currencies very often just because the American marketplace is geographically so large, but I know a lot of Europeans, you know, they, they will have clients on other, you know, in other countries a lot more frequently. So uh, to be able to support, you know, an exchange, uh, we're studying right now how other invoicing apps are doing that. Uh, so it's a work in progress, but it's something that we aim to attend or yes. attain. So uh, I'm really interested in how you um, develop the the uh, app, and I know that you've probably done others. Uh, do you have any particular tools or online resources that you uh, help? For example, how you build wireframes that uh, give uh, the information about the app to the developer. Uh, do you have any advice for us on, on some of the stuff that you've used to do this? Uh, yeah, well, actually, we we started off, uh, my co-founder is a designer, and he's also a, a really good front-end developer. So we had the whole front-end pretty much worked out before handing it off to the back-end developer. And a lot of that was just to reduce any kind of question that, you know, what is this supposed to at least look like? Now, as far as the functionality goes, we've been using a project management app called Lighthouse. Uh, and we chose that tool because it integrates well with Beanstalk, which is our Git, um, Git repository tool. And um, so we, we built the issues in Lighthouse that kind of explained how we want certain things to work. A good idea that I learned from Rob Walling on one of his podcasts is, is he likes to take screenshots of exactly how things are supposed to work. That way... Um, you know, when you outsource to a developer, if things don't work out, you know, you'll have to hire somebody else and kind of retrain them. So writing things down or taking a screencast is a great way to be able to repurpose that training without having to go through it all over again. So, yeah, I would say our key has been designing as much as we can up front to, to alleviate the questions and then uh, providing good documentation that we can reuse. Uh, that would explain how it's supposed to work. Yeah, I was thinking of uh, another episode we had with Samuel Hulick, who uh, taught us a lot about uh, screencasts, and he was doing teardowns for uh, apps, a teardown being uh, how uh, users uh, get on board with their app and the whole process of onboarding, and uh, he gave some great great resources there. Um, and Lighthouse, that's something I'm going to have to check out, and Beanstalk you mentioned, uh, which is the Git repository uh, tool that you're using. Uh, is that right, Beanstalk? Yeah, Beanstalk. It's similar to, to GitHub, but it's um, what I like is it has built-in FTP deploying, so um, it, it made it really easy to deploy quickly to our server. And we've um, we've just come off uh, the a discussion about uh, App Store optimization, and uh, I don't know if you have any views on uh, apps that are currently on 
the App Store, the Apple App Store in particular. And uh, what, how you found the whole process of, of ranking for keywords and just your experience of being in an App Store? Well, actually, yeah, we haven't built any native apps for iOS. Our, the, I use the term app, I guess, kind of loosely. We've built uh, some web apps uh, are the, the tools that we have out there. So fortunately, we haven't had to work with the Apple iTunes Store, but definitely have had to work with search engine rankings. Yeah, because I think a lot of uh, there's a lot of crossover between uh, search engine optimization and App Store ranking, and so um, the so Harpoon is a web app, is it? Yes. yes oh, great. Okay. Great. So obviously you've got some views then. Um, I think uh, there would be people screaming now. What what is it better to do? Is it better to do a native app and get it uh, do all the hassle with um, you know Apple and Google, and or is it better to do a web app? And uh, I guess you've got some views on that. Yeah, I think for Harpoon, a web app is necessary for because we send out invoices. Uh, we provide links uh, within emails to the the end client, so our users' clients would get an email with a link to their invoice. So we need to have a web component for that, so uh, you know we can track and and allow people to view you know the invoices and and anything that they need to view within the system without actually having to download any software. But I think there's definitely a place for um, a mobile app, especially uh, a lot of our other competitors have mobile apps, and that's something that we definitely have on our radar just for quick and easy um, you know, quick and easy invoicing, sending estimates, checking you know, how you're tracking for your budget for the year. Something that you, know, you just go out to our API and pull down some JavaScript or um, some data, and then you'll still be able to view it natively on your iOS app just for the speed and, and the way that it handles when you use the UI. Uh, we definitely think that we would be building a mobile app. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Whether um, HTML5 is equally as good now as the native experience you uh, experience on uh, Apple or Google. And uh, a web app would... Uh, now probably work uh, just as quick and uh, be uh, just as uh, easy to use. But I'm guessing that I'd love to know your experience of uh, people using your apps currently, the web apps, and whether you find that those people are um, installing them as home screens or putting them as a little icon on their phone, or are they bookmarking them in their browser to get back to the web app? Uh, Do you know how people are using your web apps? Uh, No, we haven't haven't tracked that yet but you know you bring up some great points i i think i'll have to look into seeing how how to track that and and get some interesting data that way yeah yeah uh, because i think uh, that users are now quite uh, used to downloading apps and they know that if they go to a browser that um, sometimes the web app is good and sometimes the uh, website doesn't have a web app and uh, the, the experience is poor but if you go to a native app, you know that you're always going to get a good experience. And so maybe that's why there's just this explosion in, in app downloads. Um, you know, I'd like to turn to my attention now to um, what it's like to work for a startup. There are people who are perhaps working for big organizations who are listening to this. And you're working for a startup and you're being allowed to do these side projects, which sounds fantastic. Well, what's it like working for um, Crush Path? And uh, yeah, perhaps you could just take, describe and, and try and give some insight into what it's really like as a uh, working for a startup. Yeah, um, 
I tell you, it's been a wild ride, and it's uh, been something that I'm so thankful that I was able to, that I am able to experience. Um, I'm working with some of the most talented people I've ever worked with in my life, and so that's that's been great. It's definitely stretched me, taught me a lot, and uh, to be working in a startup, it's it's kind of a fun, fast-paced environment. Uh, I get to learn a lot from our co-founders, the way that they market the product, the way that they. Um, have to present certain things for whether it's for investors or it's for certain campaigns that we're running promotions uh it's just been really great to learn a lot from from what we've been doing and um it's been a really fun work environment uh but on the other hand you know it is like i think i mentioned previously you know the freelancer in me or the independent in me also like has this like need to own something. So obviously I can't just jump up and become co-founder of the company that hired me. So uh, having something in the side, it kind of scratches that itch and it's made a great balance. So where I can, you know, during the day, just really enjoy my day job and, and then, you know, spend some of my free time uh, learning and applying other things that I'm interested in and working on uh, as far as, you know, bootstrapping an app. Yeah, so when you say bootstrapping an app, that's you and your co-founder uh, funding the entire thing without any venture money or uh, Kickstarter money or uh, any bank money. It's, it's all coming from your own uh, savings and uh, uh, the, I guess your own, your, your own time and effort. Yeah, yeah, then that's, that's been the real challenge, you know, as I mentioned with the four children, um, trying to find that balance of not being, you know, the dad that's never present. I mean, ultimately, my goal is to... You know, if I can own my own product, uh, I'd like to be able to have, you know, complete freedom over my time so that I can do things like, you know, go on field trips with the kids and, and be a little bit more involved. So that's kind of the goal, the lifestyle goal that I'm working towards with, you know, building these apps and and uh, kind of where I'd like to head. So, um, yeah, the real challenge with that is trying to not, you know, come home from work and and just spend another six hours working on your side project. <laughs> but uh, so we've, that, we've let's face it, Ryan. I mean, you must be giving your kids some fantastic uh, ammunition for the schoolyard because they can say their dad's an app developer, and that's just like the coolest thing at the moment. It used to be my dad's a policeman, <laughs> and my dad's an app developer. Yeah, well. Yeah, my kids are all five and under, so they uh, they still don't quite get what I do. You know, e- even when I was you know freelancing and building websites, they still didn't quite get it. But the only thing they do understand are apps because they all you know from the two year old on up can use uh, can use apps on the iPhone. So it's like uh, that's what Daddy does. Even though technically I'm not an iOS developer, I think that's the closest thing. Uh, to to their world as to explaining what it is I do. Yeah, no, I have the same. I have two boys aged four and they've been using the iPod Touch for, since they were two and, and the iPad since they're three. And uh, one of my most proudest moments was the fact that one of my kids was laughing his head off at an app that I'd built uh, for the iPad and uh, the iPhone. And uh, yeah, he was uh, really enjoying it. And he, he still opens that as one of his first apps every day. And it's, um, you know, it's kind of, it's quite a pleasurable thing to actually uh, experience that from the kid's perspective. Um, just talking about bootstrapping um, before we say goodbye, uh, I just wanted to pick up on um, how dangerous it is to um, start throwing a lot of money at uh, apps, whether they're web apps or native apps. And it's just because of a discussion that we had in episode 45 with Gabriel Macherette, who's um, a specialist in app store optimization. And he was uh, talking about an experience of one of his colleagues losing $50,000 on development costs in an app. 
uh, a lot of his own uh, personal wealth he lost. And I, I guess it, there's just a caution to people out there thinking about getting into app development and hiring app, uh, expensive app developers that it, I guess it is risky. And uh, maybe that's why it's better to do it, do it on a bootstrap uh, budget rather than uh, throw a lot of money at this. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, in tune with that, I think uh, something that was really in- inspirational to me is reading The Lean Startup by Eric Ries. Uh, you know, they talked a lot about pre-qualifying and, you know, not not necessarily having to uh, build and launch your product before you even find out, you know, the feedback on it. And Tim Ferriss in the 4-Hour Workweek talks a bit about this as well. So with Harpoon, we actually built the landing page for the app and had a few screenshots of some preliminary designs up before we even started development. And we ended up, uh, we had an email sign-up list and we started promoting it. We even purchased ads uh, on online and on various uh, email newsletter lists. And we ended up getting about 2,000 people signing up for our, our uh, email sign-up to be notified when it's ready before we even built it. So that was a way that we knew this is something people want. So it's not going to be a waste of money to build it. I Yeah, I think it would be really scary to put a bunch of our personal money into something that we didn't have qualified beforehand. And to, to just be able to qualify your project beforehand doesn't take a whole lot. You know, sometimes just a splash page and $100 in Google Ads will tell you if there's an interest there or not. You know, that's great advice for anyone listening that you can now... You should be doing that. If you're not, then you know I appeal to you to take on board what Ryan is saying, and and that is uh, to simply put up a landing page, uh, an email opt-in with some screenshots of your app, and if people are willing to subscribe and give you their email, then maybe the the uh, the app is actually worth developing, and and if the, you don't get any um, response, then maybe you need to rethink, and and that's just great advice for uh, you're probably saving some people some money there, I should think, uh, by pre-qualifying these uh, ideas that we have. Um, so, how can people reach out? You, you've uh, inspired me. I'm sure you've inspired a lot of people listening to uh, now start some side projects and, and stop using the excuse that we don't have any time. You've got four kids. You've got a full time uh, job, and then you're still finding time to work with your co-founder and get Harpoon out the door. So, um, it's very inspirational. How can people connect with you, Ryan? Uh, on my blog, ryanbattles.com, I write once a week as a commitment there, a blog post on kind of my journey from, um, you know, journey as a bootstrapping entrepreneur. Uh, also on Twitter, I'm at Ryan Battles. Great. Well, it just leaves me to say thank you very much for coming on the App Guide podcast. It's been a pleasurable half an hour ch- chatting to you. I'm sure that we can learn a lot more. And uh, I cordially invite you back to uh, join us when Harpoon is up. And uh, perhaps you can share then uh, how it went with the launch and uh, some uh, f- feedback on, on that. So we'd love to get you back on. Great. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Th- thanks, Ryan. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. If you want to be a guest on the show or suggest someone, then please send an email to info at onemob.com. The App Guy Podcast.